Welcome to Epic Moses, the teaching ministry of Chris Morgan. May the light of God illuminate your heart and may the truth make you free as you listen. I once heard someone say that time moves in a circle, not a straight line, which is why it never runs out. Someone also said that what happened before will return to happen again, and what is happening now will still come back in the future. All things in life occur in a circular fashion. It all revolves over and over again. Starting from the smallest unit of matter, the atom, which is spherical in its operation. Electrons are moving around the nucleus to create a frequency which sustains the physical world. The earth itself is a sphere which has an inner core that is revolving in a circle inside the earth to create a magnetic shield which protects the planet from solar rays. The earth also is moving in a circle around the sun and one revolution makes one year and also creates the seasons as a result of being tilted on its axis. Now the sun itself, while the earth is moving around it, is also moving around something else. Along with the earth and all the planets in the solar system and the trillions of stars within our galaxy, they are all revolving around what is said to be a massive black hole. Not just that, the entire galaxy, which is called the Milky Way, with the trillions of stars within it, are also on the move. So right from the microscopic and the supermassive, everything seems to be in a constant revolution. One gets dizzy just thinking about it. Even in our lives, it's not different. There's something called the circle of life. It is birth, growth, maturity, old age, and death. It keeps going on and on from one life to the next, non-stop. Even the events in our individual bloodlines are in a revolution too. Some years ago, I went with a friend to see his mom. We come from the same village in the southeast of Nigeria. And it turns out that his mom was an old acquaintance of my late dad. Once he introduced me to her, she began talking about my dad. The more she spoke, the more confused I became because it sounded as if she was talking about me. It was on that day I realized how similar my life is with my dad's life. I always thought my dad and I were not the same. Although we don't look alike physically, our lives are just the same. I believe this is where the idea of reincarnation came from. It doesn't appear like it to us because of the shortness of our lives, but even the events of our lives are mostly a repetition of past events within the bloodline. These things remind me of a scripture in Hebrews 11.3. The NIV version says that by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command 
so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. It has become obvious that none of us came out of nothing. I'm not talking about our bodies, but the pattern of our lives. We all come from something, though we can't see it. I had the rare privilege to know what I came from when I met that old woman. I realized that I am the way I am, not because I wanted to, but because my father provided the foundation on which my life was built. My life then becomes a continuation of my father's life. Though I have no desire in me to be like my father, I am like him by default. That's why there are many who hated their parents who turned out just like them. We in Africa have a problem of not keeping written records of events. That's why it appears to us as if the events in our lifetime are original. This also causes mistakes of past generations to keep repeating itself. It is therefore important that we do not take for granted the records of the past because it gives us an opportunity to examine them and apply corrective measures to eradicate certain things from our bloodline. It is not only money and property that we leave for our descendants. We also leave invisible stuff within our bloodline, which either gives our descendants an edge or puts them at a disadvantage from day one. This is why some people appear to have it easier than others. The question now becomes, how do these invisible stuff pass on in the first place? At this point, we will go into a deeper look at the workings of the mind. It may get a little technical, but please follow the trend of my illustrations and it will be clear. The mind is divided into three major parts. They are the subconscious mind, the conscious mind, and the superconscious mind. Now, the superconscious mind is also called the spirit mind. It is the mind that understands spiritual things and works at that high level. That's where things like intuition happens. All information that does not come from the physical senses are processed there. This part of the mind is practically dead in most people. Then comes the conscious mind. This is where your normal thoughts happen. Everything you do consciously is processed there. But what people don't know is that this part of your mind is very limited in its power. It is responsible for about 10% or less of the function of the mind. Now, the third and final part is the subconscious mind. This part of the mind is the most powerful of all. It is responsible for at least 85% of the function of the mind. This is where your personality is formed. Who we are is determined by this part of the mind. But the problem is that we are unconscious of it. It practically functions always in automatic mode. We are totally unaware 
of what this part of the mind is doing at any moment. There are parts of this mind that always comes pre-programmed at birth and there are parts that keeps programming itself as we live our lives in our environment. The subconscious mind is susceptible to our environment and it is responsible for most of the thoughts we think in our conscious mind because it constantly throws up suggestions to our conscious mind to act on. Now the subconscious mind, which is where we want to really concentrate on, is the most powerful part of the human mind. In fact, it has God-like powers that can be used for great good or evil if one is able to understand it and tap into it. I believe it represents the tree of life which man was locked out from as it is written in Genesis 3.24. And its power is why God made sure it is locked up in subconsciousness to prevent sinful men from having access to the awesome power within it. This part of the mind has three subdivisions. The upper level, which is the first level, is called the conscience. This part is the closest to the conscious mind and it is programmed by information. Everything you have come to believe is stored there and it directs how you think. It's also important to know that this part of the mind operates by how it is programmed or trained. This is where those who do brainwashing work on because it will rule over you like a god on the basis of what you believe. It can be reprogrammed using mantras or confessions done over and over again. It has no ability to know whether anything is true or false, but it never wavers once it is set. Once you put it there, it will command you on that basis. Most people actually believe that this part of the mind is God, because it always sounds like that. Therefore, it's important to be mindful of what you believe in, because your conscience will lock you into that thing, whether it is true or not. Now, the next section of the subconscious mind is the habit mind. Any action you do consciously and repeatedly becomes formed in this part of the subconscious mind. Due to the fact that the conscious mind has little capability to function, but has much to do, it drops constant actions to this part to run on automatic so that it can concentrate on new things. Things like talking, walking, and everything you do without thinking is controlled by the habit mind. Any action you continue to do after a while will form here and you will lose conscious control of it. People who pick their noses hold their crutch and use certain words unconsciously have formed those habits there. They are mindless acts, therefore it's so important to be self-aware of your actions to know when an action is becoming too frequent. You can consciously stop it before you lose control of it in the habit mind. For example, I had a habit of wetting my feet all the time to the point that I was no longer in control of it. I do it without thinking 
and it started to become a problem for my feet. I had to take conscious measures to stop it by wearing socks all the time when I'm at home. It stopped after a few weeks of wearing socks, which means your habits can be regulated and controlled if you can make the effort to be self-aware. Now next is the lowest part of the conscious mind, which is like the foundation of the mind. It's something I call the primordial mind. This is the mind that works like a wheel, non-stop. It sends signals to your heart to keep beating. It keeps you breathing and drives the multiplication of your body cells. Plus every other natural process that happens automatically in your body. Even when other sections of the mind are not functioned, this part of the mind keeps your body alive like those in a coma. It works just like the operating system on your phone. But sometimes certain impulses from your habit mind can seep into it. Once that happens, you are likely to pass that habit to your descendants because this part of the subconscious mind is loosely attached to your DNA. Now, needless to say that this part of the mind comes already programmed and we receive those initial settings from our parents. That's why babies know to suck their mother's breast once they are born. And some behavioral traits are passed on from one generation to another. We inherit some strengths and weaknesses from our parents. The good news, however, is that we can locate the undesirable traits and counter them by developing other traits through the formation of habits that are opposite to the ones we were born with. The best way to stop a habit is to form a new habit to counter the undesirable one. Once the new habit takes root, the old one will fade away. If we can also strengthen the new habit by constant repetition, it may also fall into the primordial mind and get passed on to the next generation. Now in conclusion, Proverbs 13.22 says, and in the NIV version it reads, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but the sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. Each time we read that scripture, we have thought of it to mean leaving money and property for our children. But a wise man once said that what you leave for your children can never be as valuable as what you leave in your children. A good name is one thing, but good traits are far more powerful assets to propel your offspring into greatness. We need to take critical look at our habits and try to embark on a character modification project, not just for our own good, but for the sake of our descendants. There are people who are unable to sustain relationships because of traits they inherited from their parents. Maybe they are proud or argumentative, plus other things that make them hard to relate with. Such people should not think they can't help it. Yes, they can. Don't say that's how you are. But make effort to turn it around. Good traits can help a person become successful in every area of life's endeavor. 
Don't say, I am not a patient person. You can develop it. Know yourself well enough to tell yourself the truth. If you are given to talking too much, consciously make efforts to curb it. Develop habits that will be beneficial to your health and well-being to help kill the negative habits you may have been born with. Understand that life itself runs in a non-stop circle, but one can direct the circles to flow in a way that benefits you, not curse you. One of the first laws I learned in physics is called the Law of Inertia by Isaac Newton. It states that anything that is in motion or at rest will continue in that state until an external force comes to act to change that state. It's up to you to take action to propel your life in a particular direction. Once you have done the initial work to get it rolling, then you can relax and watch it continue in that direction without effort. Now I hope that God will grant us the wisdom to apply these things correctly in our lives, not just for our benefit, but for the generations yet unborn. Thank you very much for listening, and God bless you. We hope you were blessed by these teachings. For inquiry, support, and contributions, kindly send us an email on epignosis721 at gmail.com You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 234 We would love to hear from you. God bless you.